Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 33rd episode of the Always Drive podcast, your weekly look at the latest news from the car, truck, and motorcycle industries where we take everything but ourselves seriously. I'm your host, Devlin Riggs, and I am recording this week uh, from my living room, which is uh, downstairs and as far away from the master bedroom as I can get in my house because I usually record these on Thursday nights and then immediately publish them. I'm watching the clock right now. It is now Friday morning at uh, 12 a.m. So uh, I'm uh, this, this this show is probably going to get a little bit rowdy a little later on, uh, which I hope you guys will like. Uh, but I definitely wanted to try to move myself uh, and the rowdiness as far away from my sleeping wife and uh, dogs as possible. Uh, we got a lot to get through this week. There's been a lot of really interesting news, so we'll just jump right into the news. Here are your top stories. For some reason this week, it seemed like car companies were engaging in some sort of wallet measuring contest because several companies chose to brag about their investments in electric or autonomous vehicles. Google came out and said that they've already spent $1.1 billion on self-driving cars. GM has spent about a billion in its Super Cruise for Cadillacs. Intel spent $15 billion just to purchase Mobileye, which is that LiDAR company. Uh, Renault-Nissan says they're going to spend more than $12 billion on electric and autonomous tech, while BMW says they're trying to save $2.4 billion every year to invest in EVs, meaning they'll, they're, they're looking to cut costs on things like uh, transmission parts and, and labor, which should probably make you worry a little bit if you recently bought a BMW. Uh, all of this investment is, is good and fine and will need to happen sooner or later, but it's really problematic for these car companies because, um, according to Daimler's uh, Dieter Zicci, profits from EVs in these early years will be 50% lower than they are with internal combustion or even hybrid cars. And, and it's really hard to keep a company going when you're taking in half as much money while spending much more on R&D than you ever have before. And really, only the large companies can survive that sort of hit. Otherwise, you end up like Faraday Future, where you have to constantly beg people for money on a product they don't know is going to come through. Uh, they say this will get better, and that prices, when prices for batteries fall to about 100 bucks per kilowatt, which should be sometime around 2025, the cost disparity will disappear. But all of these companies, uh, apart from Mazda, seem to think that this innovation and development needs to happen right now, when costs are still high and when the rewards are still low. The sense of urgency, you would think, is being generated by market demand, right? Well, according to the data, no. Uh, in the first six months of this year, electric vehicles accounted for just 0.5% of all vehicles sold in the U.S. That's a five-fold increase from where it was in 2012, when they made up just 0.1%. But consider this per for perspective. Uh, the Ford F-150, that single model of vehicle, has sold more than 10 times more trucks than the entire volume of electric vehicle models in the U.S. this year. And the f 150 share has grown since 2012, too, so it's not like EV purchases are coming at the cost of other vehicles like, like trucks. Uh, and the, the point I keep running back to, uh, infrastructure, it isn't there to support widespread EV adoption, and the number of buyers is supporting that. Right now, the market quite simply isn't demanding electric vehicles. It's the automakers demanding we buy them. 
And until cost comes down, the, until the feature set increases, and critically, until the infrastructure investment catches up with the massive internal combustion infrastructure we have in place now, we're just not going to see EVs start cresting over that 1% of total sales mark. In uh, other news this week, the uh, Volvo unveiled the XC40, which is a compact crossover aimed at the Range Rover Evoque crowd, uh, being luxurious and relatively impractical, but having plenty of ground clearance for that one time you go to a music festival and all the $10 lot parking is taken, so you have to pay $8 for lawn parking and want to make sure you don't scrape a side skirt. It's pretty affordable at just uh, 35 grand for a 250 horsepower turbo four-cylinder model, and there's an even cheaper one coming soon too. Uh, there will be a hybrid and electric models uh, a few years after as well, in case you want to go that route, which a lot of people increasingly will. Uh, now, while nothing about the design of this car is really revolutionary, which probably has you wondering why a new car is in the top stories bin rather than the new cars bin. Uh, but the way that they're selling the XC40 is pretty radical. Uh, now, you can buy the XC40 like you buy a normal car, either leasing for a specific number of years, allowing you to drive it a specific number of miles, or paying for the car outright and owning it. Um, but they're offering something new called Care by Volvo, which is a subscription service that functions like a lease, but with different terms. Basically, you pay a flat, a flat fee every month, which covers everything from the cost of the car to insurance, taxes, and even maintenance, meaning you'll have no out-of-pocket expenses for the car besides that flat monthly rate and unless you crash it or something. Also, every 24 months you'll get a new car and you have the option of borrowing a Volvo if you need, say, a bigger car for hauling anything because you probably won't be doing much of that in your XC40. It also lets you share your car with your friends and family with a digital key um, if you wanted to lend your car to someone before, you had to go through the pain in the ass of actually handing a person a key. Now you get to go through the pain in the ass of telling them to download an app and then logging in and registering and getting the digital key. And I, I'm not sure really where the benefit to this part of the thing is. In any case, if this sounds familiar, it's because you've probably been doing something similar with your cell phone for years. And it's neat that Volvo is applying that model to cars. Uh, I'm interested to see how it works, and uh, and that's why it was in the top stories. Now, here are some quick hits. Bosch recently announced that they have developed a carbon-neutral replacement for traditional petrol and diesel fuels that will continue to allow internal combustion engines to remain relevant long after fuel supplies dry up. The new synthetic fuel turns captured greenhouse gases into raw materials that can be developed into petrol, diesel, or natural gas. They even say that if a synthetic fuel for a hybrid was developed using renewable energy over a distance of 100,000 miles, it would actually be cleaner than an electric vehicle. This assumes, of course, that the power charging those electric vehicles is not produced via coal plants whose carbon is captured and then used to create Bosch's synthetic fuel. It's early for this tech, but it's exciting to see that someone other than Mazda is fighting to keep internal combustion alive. This whole North Korea thing could end up being the end of the world, or it could end up being nothing. But in the meantime, it's certainly something for Hyundai, who have gone from third best-selling automotive company in China to seeing sales decrease 41% from January to July of this year. 
And problems are widespread from a lack of appealing models, I'm looking at you, New Sonata, to the fact that suppliers are stringing up Hyundai over costs, which is not entirely devoid of political motivation. The problem really started in earnest after the ballistic missile defense system uh, was installed and has only gotten worse since then. Things are so bad that the production lines have been shut down in China, and Hyundai is exploring sourcing from Korean companies who are 30 to 40 percent more expensive than BAIC, their primary Chinese supplier. In the age of globalization, nothing is ever simple, but it's considerably less simple when one of the largest automotive markets in the world is friends with a lunatic who keeps firing missiles over neighboring countries. Uh, in their lawsuit against Uber, Waymo has asked for $2.6 billion in damages from the ride-sharing company stemming from the theft of intellectual property belonging to Google-owned company. In response, Uber said, <laughs> Oh, wait, you're serious? But we fired that guy. I thought we were cool. In other bad news for Uber, Alphabet, Google's parent company, is considering a billion-dollar investment in Uber's chief competitor, Lyft. Strangely, Alphabet also has some stock in Uber through one of its subsidiaries, though another subsidiary is suing them. Uh, what this could end up being, though, is Uber's assured death as Alphabet takes money out of one pocket, counts a bit off the $2.6 million it had in that pocket, and deposits some of it in another pocket that screws Uber to death. The Calgary airport has some splaining to do when recently they converted handicapped parking to Lexus-only parking spots in an airport parking garage. Apparently, Lexus didn't even know anything about the stunt, which was the airport's attempt at finding alternative ways to generate revenue via advertising. I can't imagine a much more controversial way to generate revenue than to sell handicapped parking spots off to the highest bidder. Maybe if they converted handicapped toilet stalls into Gold's Gym treadmills to provide some fitness for passengers who want to stay fit while on the go. Great news for all you conspiracy theorists out there. On August 16th, nearly every Honda built between 1999 and 2004 and equipped with a navigation system had their clocks reset to zero. What's significant about August 16th? It was only the 40th anniversary of Elvis's death. Meaning, of course, that Elvis impersonators driving Hondas from very specific model years were called from their sleeper cells to assemble and form one giant Elvis-shaped Voltron to conquer the planet. Or it's just a strange coincidence. You decide. If you think electricity is the answer to fast acceleration because of instant torque and that you've heard about in Tesla's insanity mode, try this on for size. This week, a tricycle went from 0 to 60 miles per hour in 0.5 seconds, and it was powered by nothing but pressurized water. I mean, that's not a sustainable speed, and the rider, who must have had arms of steel, had greater G-forces exerted on his body than astronauts do during takeoff. But if you want insanity mode, pressurized water, man. Overall satisfaction with vehicles has decreased this year, according to the American Customer Satisfaction Index, or ACSI, the lower number was primarily led by struggling domestic brands, while European and Japanese brands remained pretty much steady at 82 out of 100. Domestics achieved only 80 points, and I bet you can tell me which of the big three was dragging down the other two. Yep, it's Fiat Chrysler. While ACSI reckons this lull is only temporary and the domestics will be right back up there in the thick of it soon, I wouldn't be so quick to doubt Fiat Chrysler's ability to consistently churn out bad products that earn them a somewhat generous C+. 
Speaking of dissatisfaction, Toyota announced that, uh, in Japan at least, they're releasing performance versions of several vehicles through their Gazoo Racing arm, which I still find is a ridiculous name. The three levels of performance include GR Sport, GR, and GRMN, uh, none of which include actual power upgrades to cars. It's basically just some suspension and a lot of go-fast-looking body panels. But it doesn't make the cars faster, which makes sense when you consider that uh, one of the cars getting the performance package is a Prius. Uh, but it doesn't make that jagged little pill any easier to swallow. Come on, Toyota. If you've been to a large city like New York or Tokyo or Paris and have driven by a car dealership, you know that locations inside the city are usually very small and have very few cars in them. But a new Peugeot dealership in London really takes the small aesthetic to new levels, and that's because the new dealership for the French cars is just a telephone booth. And no, it's not like Doctor Who's TARDIS where it's bigger on the inside, it's just a damn phone booth with a tablet inside where you can configure and order a car. It does so using this thing called uh, the internet, which I'm sure uh, most people are walking around with devices connect to anyway. Um, this dealership is just a publicity stunt, and uh, hey, it worked. Uh, in problems we don't have in America news, uh, this week a koala was found clinging to the suspension of a truck that had traveled 10 miles in Australia. Obviously, the driver didn't know the little Sheila was down there until he stopped, but firefighters removed the wheel and freed the little bugger, who is apparently unharmed, uh, but no doubt terrified by the event. Uh, the worst thing that we find under the hoods of our cars here in America is a motor made by Fiat Chrysler. I don't think most people understand how much time I spend making each one of these shows, writing the stories and trying to figure out how to make it funny, but sometimes the jokes just write themselves, and this week, that came in the form of Get Your Fix Automotive, which is a repair shop in Colorado that was busted this week for selling methamphetamines, heroin, cocaine, and even guns to customers. Uh, though if getting your fix involved getting your actual catalytic converter fixed, you were, you were probably shit out of luck there. Even though we had a wrap-up last week with the highlights from the Frankfurt Auto Show, uh, there have been a ton of new cars announced in the past couple of weeks, and I feel like I'm sort of doing you guys and myself a disservice by not featuring them all, um, but there are just so many. So in an effort to, to keep you guys in the know, I'm copying a segment from my favorite Australian radio show, Hamish and Andy. It's a new car blitz! New car blitz! New car blitz! New car blitz! Okay, legendary British sports car maker TVR is back with a brand new Griffith, and it's packing a smoking V8 from the Mustang tuned to 500 horsepower, and it looks like a Mazda RX-7 and a McLaren 720Fs had a baby, and I want one, and don't know if we'll get it here yet. Got its motor from Michigan, steering wheel in on the right hand, hand built by some English man, undeniable like those triumphs again. Come to the USA, won't you? Come to the USA. We don't even know what Ford's new Ranger pickup looks like, but we know it's gonna get a Raptor variant that has big suspension and big power and will swallow up the Baja 5000 like I swallow up 
Baja fish tacos, but they say it's going to go to Asia, and nobody seems to know if we're going to get it here in America, but mark my words for it, if we, we will gather, and we will come get you if you keep this from us. Raptor was a car. I mean, it was a dragon car. Or maybe it was just a dragon. But it was still... Raptor! Raptor! Okay, Ford is coming out with a new Echo Sport, which another compact crossover, because that's all you people buy these days. It's small, it's stylish, it's underpowered, and it doesn't have much storage space, but it's gonna sell like crazy because nobody has any sense anymore. Go in and out of style Sedans were all the rage for a while Crossovers rule the scene And I don't mean to sound mean It's a fad and going out People want them now, now, now But there's one brand that thinks they know what does the Ford say? Echo, echo, echo sport. Echo, echo, echo sport. Echo, echo, echo sport. What does Ford say? Echo, echo, echo sport. Echo, echo, echo sport. Echo, echo, echo sport. What the Ford say? Much like the general public, Audi has lost their minds and thinks that the only way to make their R8 supercar better is by cutting weight and sending all the 540 horsepower to the back wheel. So they've come out with a new R8 V10 RWS that's gonna shred tires the same way Slash shreds on the guitar. Now and then when I see the R8, it takes me away to that special place. And if I stay out too long, I'll probably get arrested and Renault is a French car company, and we don't get their cars here, but we might because all their new shit is designed around our safety standards, which is cool because they just came out with the Megane RS, which is a freaking awesome four-cylinder turbo hatchback that makes 300 horsepower and has rear-wheel steering. Those cars sell here now, French people. Megane, you're all that I wanted of a girl. You're all that I need in the world I'm your child, hit the gas Drive me wild, again. You're all that I wanted Audi updated their e-tron sportsback which is sort of like a lifted four-door electric vehicle and gave it a level four autonomy and some styling tweaks and are now calling it the Elaine which is a super weird name for a car but with 500 horsepower and a 300 mile range you can call it whatever you want because I want it and I know you do too. We name our cars just like our mother. At this moment, your name means nothing. You'll be a success. I'd buy you, I confess, because you got it. Come on, Elaine. 
So basically take the Audi Elaine and dress it up as a Volkswagen and then you have their new ID Buzz, which rides on Volkswagen's new electric vehicle architecture that they're going to use for their new microbus too. But don't expect Elaine's power because the Buzz is just a VW and they want you to pay more for that Audi. Yeah, my mama, she told me don't worry about your gas. She said Volkswagen has an electric Be some super fast plush Audi luxury. Just a VW, that's the people's car for you and me. Because you know I'm all about that buzz, about that buzz, no Audi. I'm all about that buzz, about that buzz, no Audi. I'm all about that buzz, about that buzz, no Audi. I'm all about that buzz, about that buzz. In case you forgot that the company started out making ultimate off-road machines, Land Rover is here to remind you that they can still make an ultimate off-road machine with the Discovery SVX, which has shit like great approach angles and great departure angles and ramp breakovers and LEDs, and it looks badass, and you want to look badass too, right? So buy it! to the land of the ice and snow in the Land Rover you can surely go power of the gods take your discovery to new lands drive the whole way don't you fly gas station I am coming Porsche's like, hey, we can do cool SUVs too. Here's the new Cayenne with a big honking V8 and 550 horsepower. And everyone in Frankfurt was like, whoa, that's a spicy meatball. Uh, bring your 3.9 second zero to 60 times to my house and we'll have some hot coffee, baby. 99 Porsche guys came driving by my house last night. Not a single in a sports car. The problem here is branding Porsche. Big V8s and ground clearance, but never going off the road is perfect for these Porsche guys. 99 Red Cayennes went by. Toyota went to Frankfurt with another compact crossover, but they're like, hey enthusiasts, it's okay because this one's a hybrid, but not a normal hybrid. It's one that's tuned for performance. And we're like, yeah, that's okay, but you're still a compact crossover, and it's not like this is a new Supra or Celica. And they were like, you're gonna take this compact crossover, and you're gonna like it because we say you will. Hello, sports car, my old friend. To be with you again But Toyota tries to persuade me They think we all want hot CRVs But the vision that is planted in my brain Still remains We just want more sports cars Audi gets it though, they're like, hey, you want fun cars that are practical and not stupid? Here's a wagon with a freaking twin turbo V6 that spits out 450 horsepower to all four wheels and will carry all your photography gear to the gigs 
and make good noise, and we're like, oh my god, let me have that RS4 Avant, and they're like, ha ha ha, this is for Europeans only, you stupid Americans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. German. Wait. Wait, Mr. German. Mr. German, look and see. Oh yeah. Is there a wagon in your back for me? Got a decent wagon on our vine. Speaking of wagons, Subaru, who makes a great little wagon hatchback thing, came to Frankfurt and showed off their new Impreza, and it certainly is a car. Seriously, this this thing is so boring it doesn't even deserve a song. You need to up your game, Subaru. If you happen to be super rich but are getting guilt-tripped by your employees because of your gas-guzzling Bugatti, Mercedes is here to save you from complete embarrassment because you can now buy their S560e hybrid, which sacrifices absolutely no luxury while getting you gas mileage that is only slightly worse than normal compact cars. 560e. I have a Benz, I have a hybrid, uh, hybrid Benz. I have a friend, he is a rich guy, uh, rich guy friend. Hybrid Benz, rich guy friend, uh, hybrid Benz for rich guy friend. So Hyundai has fully launched the Genesis as a separate brand and their so-called entry model targeting the BMW 3 Series has come out and it's called the G70 and while I wouldn't have given the company much of a chance based on past Genesis sedans, if this car drives as good as it looks both inside and out, I'd be shaking in my later hosen if I were the Bavarians. Looking at the Germans like, hey we can do that better. Finally got a car that'll make it rain just like the weather. Looking at the Japanese like, hey, you got some company. We may be South Korean, but now we got the luxury. Judge me on my Genesis, and then I'll send you packing. This styling is so fresh, you'll have to stop your lips from smacking. I swear it will be fast, we just have not picked out a motor. So Red Rover, Red Rover, send that BMW over. Beautiful, yeah, powerful, yeah. 70, G70. All your trophies, just send them our way, won't you please? G70, we'll steal your girl and punch your mom and steal your cheese, ease, ease, ease. It's South Korea time. It's South Korea time. So you remember Suzuki, right? They make motorcycles and used to make cool shit like the Samurai and the Kizashi, both of which didn't sell well in America, so they packed up their bags and stopped selling here. Well, now they have a new Suzuki Swift, which is a tiny little hatchback that weighs like almost nothing and has some decent power, but before you get too excited, they're not bringing it here, so you have to settle for the Renault Megane, which I, they better effing bring over. When I met you, I was all alone. No more hot hatchbacks to call my own. Your engine warden said, don't you cry. To you get yourself over that pond, McGann. You're all that I wanted of a girl. You're all that I need in the world. I'm your child, hit the gas. 
drive me wild again you're all that i wanted all right folks i hope this podcast was all that you wanted because i'm gonna call it a day there thank you for tuning in this week and i will see you back here next week with episode 34 have a great week